0: Hi everybody, it's Derek, and this is your Foreign Exchanges World News Roundup for Saturday, December 10th, and Sunday, December 11th, 2022. Uh, there's a couple of anniversaries on December ninth, 1824. The armies of Peru and Gran Colombia defeated a Spanish royalist army in the Battle of uh, Ayacucho. This is considered uh, one of the last major engagements of the Latin American Wars of Independence. Uh, the Peruvian-Colombian victory ensured Peru's independence and cleared the way for the Peruvian campa- uh, commander, uh, Antonio José de Sucre, Uh, to enter Upper Peru, Peru, or uh, modern-day Bolivia, uh, and begin campaigning there. Uh, Also, on December 9th, 1987, this is the beginning of the first intifada in the... uh, occupied territories, uh, began uh, almost by chance with um, an Israeli military or Israeli Defense Forces truck crashing into a line of cars uh, that was stuck at a checkpoint uh, into Gaza, the Erez checkpoint, and killed four Palestinians. Uh, It was probably an accident, but there was a, a fairly pervasive Palestinian belief that this was a deliberate act of violence by the Israelis and uh, they were off to the races. The Intifada was um, one of the, the most, it remains one of the most important um, episodes in the Palestinian Israeli conflict. I have a little piece about it at the, uh, uh, up on the website if you want to read more. Uh, On December 10th, uh, 1898, the Treaty of Paris ended the Spanish-American War. Spain agreed to give up its claims on on Cuba, which became a U.S. protectorate. Uh, Guam, the Philippines, Puerto Rico all got turned over to the United States as territories. Uh, This is often considered the end of the Spanish Empire. Technically, it is not. Spain still held some colonies uh, after this. Uh, but it is more accurately um, referred to as the first emergence of the United States uh, as a major world power i i, I wouldn 't say colonial power because the whole history of uh, the manifest destiny and Western expansion is a history of colonialism. But in terms of overseas shall we say colonies uh, it is uh, it is a a milestone for the United States, particularly in the Philippines. On December 11th, 861, uh, the Abbasid Caliph al-Mutawakil was assassinated by his Turkish Royal Guard, or his Turkic Royal Guard, uh, in his palace in the city of Samarra, which is in uh, modern Iraq. His murder was basically the final straw in the capture of the caliphate by the Turkic soldiery, uh, and kicked off a period that's known as the Anarchy at Samarra. I did a podcast series about this for subscribers a while ago, if you want to check that out. Uh, four caliphs were enthroned and deposed in very rapid succession, each one of them backed by a different faction of the military. Uh, the anarchy ended with the accession of the caliph uh, al Uh He reigned from 870 to 892, mostly, uh, as a kind of puppet of his brother, Uh, who ruled from behind the throne and was able to pacify uh, the Turkic soldiers. Uh, And also on December 11th, uh, 1917, uh, British General Edmund Allenby entered Jerusalem, the conquering hero uh, with the British expeditionary, the Egyptian Expeditionary Force having uh, won uh control of the city uh not a particularly strategically significant development but if you're um you know interested in iconography and symbolism a uh, very symbolic development uh, for the British to have Allen be kind of walking into the city, um, you know, just before Christmas, all very kind of uh, regal, and uh, you know, having just beaten the, the, the awful Muslim Ottomans and taking control of the city, it's all kind of uh, very coded, uh, but didn't didn't mean a ton in terms of how World War One proceeded from there. Uh, on to the news. In the Middle East, uh, in Syria, according to U.S. Central Command, uh, U.S. forces killed two Islamic State fighters in an overnight operation. One of those fighters was described as an IS official uh, who was responsible for carrying out attacks in Syria. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights is claiming that the operation took place in eastern Syria's deir ez-Zor province, uh, although Central Command uh, was not, did not go into specifics about location. Uh, in Yemen, uh, the, a United Nations convoy was reportedly ambushed en route from the Yemeni city of Seyun to the city of Ma'rib on Friday. Two Yemeni soldiers were killed in the incident. There is no indication as to responsibility, but there are, of course, plenty of candidates from Houthi rebels to al-Qaeda to IS to a militant faction within the very fragmented pro-government coalition. could be uh, any number of these things or some combination or none of the above. Who knows? In Qatar, according to the New York Times, the Qataris alongside uh, U.S. defense contractors in particular are emerging as uh, the unqualified or one of the unqualified winners – of the war in Ukraine. I'll read you just a couple of paragraphs here. Russia's war in Ukraine has jolted global energy markets, leaving Europe short of natural gas, raising prices for all fossil fuels, and threatening a global recession. But one country has maneuvered effectively to gain economic and political advantage from the turmoil, Qatar. Uh, Long a big exporter of liquefied natural gas to Asian countries, Qatar is poised to become a critical energy source for Europe, which is pivoting away from its dependence on Russia. Qatar is also drawing closer to China, undermining Mining Russian hopes of diverting to Asia, most of the energy Europe is no longer buying. Qatar, many energy experts said, is becoming the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. How lovely. Uh, an indispensable energy supplier with vast reserves and very low costs. This means Qatar will be able to sell natural gas longer and more profitably than other major exporters like Russia and Australia, even as climate change forces many countries to reduce their use of fossil fuels. Uh, there I think uh last week maybe on um Thursday, yeah, there was a, a piece uh in the Guardian about uh, which we I mentioned in the newsletter about how if uh, Qatar cutter uh burns all of its natural gas reserves Uh, it will basically doom human civilization to extinction. I don't mean to laugh, but you kind of have to laugh because what else are you going to do at this point? Um, but there is some potentially uh, good news on the energy front, which we'll get to, uh, later. Uh... In Iran, the Iranian Foreign Ministry uh, summoned China's ambassador in Tehran on Sunday to express some discontentment with part of Chinese President Xi Jinping's recent visit to Saudi Arabia. Specifically, the Iranians are displeased with parts of a joint statement issued by Xi and representatives of the Gulf Cooperation Council states. Their main grievance has to do with the statement's treatment of the islands of Greater Tunb, Lesser Tunb, and Abu Musa, which are located in the Strait of Hormuz. They are controlled by Iran but are claimed By the UAE. The statement called for negotiations on the status of those islands. The Iranian government consistently has rejected negotiations. It says the islands are theirs and there's no talk, there's no point talking about it. Uh, The statement also included other language that referenced uh, Iran's nuclear program, its regional activities, uh, that certainly drew the, the foreign ministry's attention. But I think the bit about the islands was the main irritant. Iran is so dependent on China at this point as its most important diplomatic contact uh that it's very rare and and uh eye-opening to see them express any sort of uh issue with anything that the, that the Chinese government has done so that's uh you know potentially something to 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 watch Uh, In Asia, starting in Afghanistan, on Sunday, at least seven people were killed in an exchange of fire across the Afghan-Pakistani border. Uh, The incident took place at the Chaman border crossing, which is in Balochistan and Kandahar province on the Afghan side. Uh, It began, according to the Afghans, when Pakistani forces tried to stop them from building a new security checkpoint on the Afghan side of the border. According to the Pakistanis, the Afghans then opened fire, killing at least six people and wounding 17 more on the Pakistani side of the border. And then the Pakistanis, of course, retaliated because you have to, right? Uh, You know, I can't, you know, can't be shot at and not uh, shoot back. Uh, Afghan officials say that one Afghan soldier was killed and 10 people uh, were wounded on their side of the border, I should say. Uh, in Pakistan, at least one person was killed and six more wounded in a bombing that targeted a bakery in Pakistan's Balochistan province on Saturday. There's been no claim of responsibility, but Pakistani authorities are attributing the attack to, quote, anti-state elements, end quote, which probably means Baluch separatists as opposed to Islamists like, um, you know, Pakistani Taliban or, or Islamic State. Uh, In Bangladesh, tens of thousands of people reportedly turned out in Dhaka on Saturday for demonstrations organized by the opposition Bangladesh Nationalist Party. Uh, They were there to demand the resignation of Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina and her government, and the appointment of a caretaker administration to run the country through its next general election. Uh, BNP has accused Hasina and her Awami League party of vote rigging. They have called for her resignation as a way to ensure that the next election, which is scheduled for 2024, is conducted fairly. Uh, in China uh, there's uh, I, I dropped in a little YouTube video uh, uh, from Al Jazeera uh, about the non-reopening of Chinese society basically we've Uh, covered in the newsletter, the Chinese government has been relaxing its zero COVID policy, reopening society to some degree. This has not apparently led to a grand reopening in the sense that people are willing to just go out and uh, live a more, let's say, pre-pandemic lifestyle. Um, People still seem to be very wary. That's what what, uh, the video discusses. They still seem to be very wary of COVID, wary of getting COVID. Uh, and so they're being pretty conservative about this. They're staying still staying inside, not you know, you know going to cafes or other places, uh, playing it, playing it a little close to the chest. There are some health officials in China, public health types who have been warning about the potential for a spike in new infections, which may be contributing to people's reticence to go out. Now official figures, uh, have not shown an increase in cases. in fact, uh, during this relaxation. In fact, they, they seem to be showing the opposite in some cases. Uh, but there is some anecdotal uh, reporting that suggests that people are either not reporting their positive tests to the authorities. They're just kind of hunkering down uh, and waiting for it to pass, uh, or you know something else may be going on here that's causing the actual uh, rate of new infections not to match up with uh, the official figures. Uh, on to Africa and Tunisia. Hundreds of people marched in an opposition organized protest in Tunis on Saturday to express their opposition to President Kais Saied's political agenda uh, and his government's failure to strengthen the weak Tunisian economy. The demonstration comes one week before a new parliamentary election that will be the first under Saied's new constitution. That vote will help cement the changes he's made since suspending parliament and seizing essentially unchecked power back in July 2021. He has substantially strengthened the presidency while weakening other government institutions and proscribing large opposition parties. Uh, in Guinea, uh, I was genuinely hoping after Friday that our International Anti-Corruption Day discourse was over. I mentioned it so many times in that newsletter, I really never wanted to talk about it again. But apparently not. That's because uh, we've learned that among the extensive blacklist of people sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury Department on Friday uh, was Ghanaian, former Ghanaian President Alpha Conde. Uh, I think this is interesting. I'm not suggesting that Conde is in of the corruption and human rights allegations that have been leveled at him. Uh, but he's no longer in power, for one thing, and for another, he's facing prosecution uh, by a military hunter whose coup the U.S. government officially condemned—that's uh, the State Department's term, not mine—when it happened. Uh, the soldiers who were involved in that coup were, of course, trained by the U.S. military and were quite familiar to the U.S. military personnel in Guinea, who— didn't, I guess, participate in the coup, but and didn't necessarily know what was going on, but did not know. It's, it's a very interesting uh, situation. I don't have any conclusion to draw here, uh, but the whole thing just struck me as somewhat interesting. Uh, on to Europe, and, and uh, we'll start with the European Union, where there is a brewing corruption scandal roiling the European Parliament. Several MEPs have been placed under investigation for allegedly taking payola from an unspecified Persian Gulf country. Uh, authorities have not named the country, but Greek MEP Ava Kale- uh, Kale, uh has been stripped of her post as parliamentary vice president after saying some nice things about uh, Qatar, uh, coincidentally or not, I guess. Uh, for example, she called Qatar, I'm quoting here, a front runner in labor rights, end quote. Uh, that doesn't prove anything by itself, of course, but at the very least, I think we can all agree that the only way it makes sense to say that is if you're getting paid to say it. Otherwise, what are you talking about? Uh, I would spend more time kind of digging into the ramifications of this story if it had impacted a meaningful political body. But this is the European Parliament. So I think we'll just leave it here and move on. Uh, In Russia, the state news agency TASS is alleging that the U.S. government barred Russian diplomats from visiting the graves of Soviet military personnel at Fort Richardson National Cemetery in Alaska this weekend. Russian diplomats have in the past been permitted to visit the facility in which 11 Soviet personnel who were involved in World War II's Lend-Lease program are interred. Uh, It's unclear why they would have been denied permission this time, I guess because of the war in Ukraine. It doesn't. Uh, necessarily, one thing doesn't necessarily map onto the other, but I can't think of anything else. The U.S. State Department has not apparently commented on this story. Uh, In Ukraine, Russian drone strikes on Odessa in recent days have shut down that city's grain port, one of only three such facilities that are permitted to operate under the terms of the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Ukrainian authorities have not yet brought power generators online to restore operations, but they're hoping to reestablish electricity in Odessa in the next few days uh, assuming, I guess, no more drone strikes. The Ukrainian military, meanwhile, reportedly spent the weekend attacking a hotel in Oblast that was allegedly serving as a base for Russia's Wagner Group private military firm, along with another hotel in Melitopol that was allegedly serving as a barracks for Russian forces, possibly also uh, basically PMCs from, from Wagner or, or mercenaries from Wagner. Uh, in Kosovo, ethnic Serbs in northern Kosovo are blockading roads amid renewed tensions with authorities that have the Serbian government threatening, as we mentioned on Friday, uh, to intervene. Uh, on Saturday, Serbian President Alexander Vucic uh Confirmed that he will ask NATO for permission to deploy Serbian security forces to northern Kosovo under the terms of the UN Security Council resolution that ended the Kosovo War in 1999. There is a provision for such a deployment in the resolution, though when it was adopted, Kosovo's status relative to Serbia was still pretty nebulous, whereas these days it's at least de facto independent. Uh, It would be shocking uh, if NATO were to greenlight a Serbian intervention. Uh, Vujic seems to realize this, uh, but he is, uh, I think, uh, planning to ask and then let NATO's rejection serve as, uh, you know, sort of uh, the basis for a claim that the international community is biased against Serbia or biased against Kosovan Serbs or both um, you know it's it's more the grievance that he's after here because he can't possibly uh, think th- that NATO is actually gonna gonna go ahead and like permit that uh, this latest unrest appears to stem from the arrest of an ethnic serb former police officer who's been implicated in recent attacks on kosovan police and election officials a forthcoming municipal election was scheduled for december 18th and opposed by the serb community uh, that also contributed to the unrest but kosovan officials have now postponed that vote. Uh, Kosovan Prime Minister Albin Kurti accused Vucic over the weekend of trying to destabilize Kosovo. On to the Americas in Peru. Uh, It was a very serious situation here. At least one person was killed over the weekend amid escalating protests stemming from the ouster and arrest of former Peruvian President Pedro Castillo on Wednesday. Uh, Protests are continuing in several Peruvian cities, including the southern city of Andahuaylas. I hope I didn't mangle that too badly. Uh, It's there that one protester was killed and another five wounded on Sunday, presumably by police. I can't think of who. Who else could have done it? Uh, indigenous groups and labor unions are talking about extended action, possibly including strikes. The leftist Peru Libre Party, which with which Castillo is at least partially affiliated, held its own demonstration in Lima on Sunday. Uh, the protest basically provided an, a, a backdrop, a very unsettling backdrop, to new President Dina Boluarte's cabinet rollout, which featured a former prosecutor uh, named Pedro Angulo as her uh, prime minister. Uh, Boluarte has Played coy uh, with, with regards to calls for early elections. She's neither committed to them nor ruled them out. Uh, but at this point, it's unclear how much public support she actually has, if any. Uh, and the Peruvian Congress, meanwhile, might be the only institution in the country that had less public support than Castillo. Uh, new elections may be the only way to stem this unrest, although even that may not, may well not be enough. Uh, in Cuba, three members of the U.S. House of Representatives, Troy Carter, a uh, Democrat from Louisiana, James McGovern, Democrat from Massachusetts, and Mark Pocan, Democrat from Wisconsin, uh, have apparently visited Cuba in the past few days, where, among other things, they met with President Miguel Diaz-Canel. Canal. Uh, is no indication that an end to the uh, no- notorious U.S. embargo is nigh, uh, or even a return to the Obama administration's relative detente policy. But this visit follows a number of contacts between U.S. and Cuban officials in recent months, mostly having to do with consular issues. Most significantly, the Biden administration announced a few months ago that it would begin prote- processing visa applications out of the Havana embassy uh or sometime early next year uh meaning for example uh that cubans who have family in the us and want to travel to the us will no longer need to go to Guyana uh, to obtain their travel papers so there is some movement here uh not uh, a lot but um you know something to 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 note at least Uh, Finally, in the United States, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a story that the Financial Times broke on Sunday. Uh, Just read you a tweet here from their reporter, Tom Wilson. Net energy gain, in, scoop, net energy gain in the fusion reaction has been a holy grail in science for decades. Now I'm told U.S. scientists have done it, a massive breakthrough with revolutionary potential for clean power. U.S. Energy Secretary to hold a press conference on Tuesday. Uh, the Financial Times is, of course, paywalled. I do have a, a link to a non-paywalled summary in a New Zealand outlet. Um, the, the, work was, the work took place at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. They claim uh, they're still looking at the data, so none of this is set in stone, but they claim to have produced 2.5 megajoules of energy, uh, which uh, after inputting 2.1 megajoules of energy via lasers to get the reaction started. So that's the the hurdle is getting a reaction that generates more energy than you have to put in to, to cause the reaction. Um, and... You know it's we're nowhere near the point obviously where fusion is gonna be something that uh can be rolled out on a widespread basis but but that's been a huge scientific hurdle for a long time, and it sounds like again they're still really going through the data so uh you know, I would take it all with a little bit of uh grain of salt but um certainly if if they've been able to achieve this that is that is a fairly momentous. Uh, development And since we hardly ever end on good news, I am choosing to just treat this as a bit of good news until further notice uh, and call it a night. Uh, and on that note, uh, I do want to thank you all for reading and or listening to the newsletter. Thanks to those of you who are subscribers, um, both free subscribers and especially those of you who made the the jump to paid subscriber. Uh, your support is what makes this newsletter possible. Um, and really, uh, all the other stuff that I do, or well, the, the one other thing I do, I guess, which is the American Prestige podcast, I could not do that uh, without your support here because if I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, so if you haven't made that jump, uh, please consider it. Uh, we do have a, a new columnist coming on here. Uh, as soon as I get his, uh, his piece, Mike Brennis, I'm very happy uh, to bring him on. And that's also the kind of thing I can't do without subscriber support. So please, uh, please consider it. And um, until next time, take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.